Why, hello everybody and welcome back. I am your host, Random Randy. Uh, welcome back, whether you're on the YouTube channel or the pod feed. This one is most likely going to be relatively short. Um, I'm just uh, kind of sharing some of what I'm seeing as I'm looking into some things, some strange things that stand out uh, surrounding the old world, surrounding, uh, you know, expositions, this sort of thing. Uh, and I'm trying to look into different aspects of this than I'm seeing, uh, you know, looked into currently. So uh, anyway, let's go ahead and get that pulled up. There we go. Anyway, so what we're looking at here is the uh, the first uh, great exhibition in France, basically uh, the Exposition des Produits de l'Industrie Francoise. All right, so the exhibition of products of French industry, and this is, uh, you know, kind of on the the back of the last one that I was doing, and um, something I wanted to bring up just briefly, though, uh, you know, I was showing you guys eighteen ninety one uh, the last time, and, and I want to make something a little bit clearer, I suppose. And that's the that was the hundred year that was the centennial uh, World's Fair. Okay, this uh, World's Fair business has been going on since 1791, at least as far as we're allowed to understand and know, right? Um, and it also much like the centennial uh, was hosted in Prague by uh, the Habsburg monarchy, right? The two-headed eagle, a very infamous symbol. Um, there's a lot to that, um, and it's kind of difficult to explain without digging into further narratives. So we uh, won't do that, but we're, we are going to take a look briefly here at this extensive list of World's Fairs, uh, even previous to the 1880s and 90s. So, so take a look here, guys. We've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17... We got 20 before the 1850s, okay? So that should just kind of, you know, show you what was going on and, and what this was a part of. This was a part of a push towards modernization or into modernity, right? Um, now, it would make sense that previous to 1791, we had a lot of uh, revolution and things all around the world. And um, we also had it carrying on through this time. So we had the start of something different something modern happening here uh, in the late 1700s and it was on the tail end of revolutionary wars all around the world. Is that a coincidence? Uh, I definitely do not think so. Uh, is it also a coincidence that today our military industrial complex drives the future? Like if you really break it down and think about it, everybody, uh, when you look at the technology that we have in the palm of our hands in our world today, what we use on a daily basis. Uh, and, and that's as, uh, as the public, what we use as the public rewind back 50 years, this was military technology. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I venture to say that the same is also true, no matter where you go back into the time stream. Okay. That you're having a very similar thing happening. You have an, a military industrial complex, that is generating um, the the personnel with the skill sets, et cetera, to create a lot of this stuff, um, you know, and, and so that's something that I'm finding interesting is even in the midst of 
all of these wars that that we have sorry about that but uh i just wanted to, to demonstrate uh with with just a few simple lists guys uh this is a list of wars from 1500 to 1799 okay so even in the midst of all of this chaos bloodshed fighting right all of this stuff uh you know we've got we've got behind the scenes patents being issued right we've got you know tons of different branches of industry and uh, of the sciences taking off on their own um you know we've we've got pretty much every science as we call them today uh came about at the tail end of this revolution whatever this revolution was uh but this revolution guys it encompassed all of these wars okay like these are all the, the, i guess that's what i'm trying to to point out is a uh, going back in, into like at least the history that we're given going using the narrative we're given going back to like the year a thousand uh you have this certain players here the holy roman empire which previous to being the holy roman empire was the um the habsburg empire okay so uh and, and then the ottomans are, are oddly enough like uh intertwined with the the habsburgs and so there's all this really interesting strange um, maybe you can call it incestual kind of things happening in these these royal families. Of course, they're all marrying into each other and they're all loosely related anyway. So, you know, um, somewhere along the line, they decided that they these the lot of these folks in their roundtable discussions or whatever. Right. Uh, they decided to perpetually continue war. I really do feel that this was a decision that was made, guys. Uh, this is why we have war still today. There's no reason for it. There truly is no reason for it. All of these people truly are on the same team, their own team. Okay. Uh, so you see they're using war to drive industry. That's what's happening here. That's what has been happening since at least what I can see since at least, uh, I don't know, the Crusades, maybe longer, right? This is a thing, <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying. Like, this is a real thing. And and on the other side of all of that war, right, and all of that, the conquesting and everything where people are establishing themselves and their families, then you have, you know, the have-nots, right, who are essentially, uh, you know, being put to work to create things, to build things, to manufacture things. Right. So just because there's wars going on, several hundred wars happening in this time period. And it just goes on and on, guys. And it's all the same people. And you see that the way that it ebbs and flows into each other, um, the way that they wind up making agreements, stop fighting for maybe 50, 100 years. Suddenly that agreement's null and void when somebody else over here decides. So um, get in, mix it back up again. At the end of it, we have a bunch of empires with different names that are essentially coming from the same families. So um, so that's what's happening. Um, we have the emergence of new kingdoms, new namesakes like Spain, which is also Habsburg uh, holding. OK, so 
you know, and, and so this war is facilitated. All of this war here is facilitating the moder modernization of the world, basically. Okay. And always right there in the background is this entity. Always. Okay. Absolutely always. And of course, you know, uh, even some of the cities that are supposedly free imperial cities, we still see the same symbolism of the Sardom of Russia. <laughs> so, you, you know, what are we really looking at here? Like, look at this, guys. You really want to believe that, that Germany and Russia are fighting each other when they're the same family? So, you know, this these are some things that just, you know, kind of demand our, our attention and understanding what's going on in these times, in these places. Okay, there is definitely a reason for certain colors being used. For certain iconography being used. Okay. There's a lot of it, guys. There's a reason for all the blue and yellow. All the all the eagles, the two-headed and otherwise. So, just saying that the lion, the griffin, right? When we see what we're what we're being kind of pushed into understanding as Tartaria, uh, you know, may very well be just the the influence of the Venetian power center. Because they they also use the the lion griffin. I I think it's a, a a method that they're using by calling themselves by the Russian moniker, uh, getting everybody who's upset with the way that America is going today and the way the West is going to lean back toward uh, an Eastern philosophy. Uh, and by Eastern philosophy, uh, philosophy I, I guess I mean you know Marxism and and socialism. Um, and meanwhile, this same power structure that has always run things, that has always been in the background, uh, you know, carrying on these Venetians, right? And then, uh, you know, all these other families, uh, Bohemian, Holy Roman, Germanic, uh, you know, and, and and that's something else that's important to understand too about about Tartaria and about the Khanate is uh, in many of these Khans, they were Caucasian, they were you know redheaded, tall statured folks, uh, governing areas all around the world. Um, and you know those Khanates may very well have been just a, just another branch of 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 these. You know, monarchies uh, of these oligarchies, basically, right? That that's really all it's ever been behind the scenes is an oligarchy. The the haves, you know, lording over the have-nots. That's not changed. So anyway, seventeen ninety one Habsburg monarchy. Now there's some interesting, you know, side notes to this. This World's Fair in seventeen ninety one. We have Mozart writing his final opera, right? So. You know, I, I just I can't help but question the entire history that we've been handed, being that it's coming out of 
out of the era of all of this war. So with all of this war, we have the rewriting of so many histories and so many uh, ancient pasts and things, right? In all, like in every victory or defeat that has taken place in, in, in one of these wars, a group of people's stories were relegated to dust, right? I, I think that that's safe to say. I think that that's safe to, to understand about war, uh, that that's also the other purpose for it, to rewrite things. So then when we look at this list and we're like, oh, well, Mozart wrote his final opera, guys. Like, that's a neat little fact, right? But, you know, but is it? Like, is it really? What what was before? We don't know. Look at all this destruction taking place. All this one family usurping another, usurping another, all these moves being made. How can we really have any kind of faith or, or understanding in anything aside from, to be quite honest, aside from our tales of old and, you know, our, our fairy tales, I guess, our myths, our mythos, you know, I, I think that we have like the smallest piece of the truth available to us through those things. Um, and I think there's also somewhat of a piece of truth embedded in all of this madness that has been happening for hundreds of years. Uh, and I feel that ultimately, and some people may disagree with this, I feel that ultimately there is a reason and a purpose for all of this. And, and that that is the driving of human society to perform certain tasks. Um, and, and what do we see that came out of all of this war? We see the switch to modernity and the digital era. So maybe that was what was what the plan was all along, right? Maybe we had gotten all the way to the maxed out version of uh, some call it steampunk. I call it analog. Maybe we'd, we'd max that out, right? And it was time to move into the digital era, the time of the neon gods, right, that we we're in today. And, and I mean, just look at this, guys. Very few of these were peasant wars, okay? And if they were peasant wars, listen, these people with the with the top flags were just telling their, their lessers to do battle with each other. This could have all just been entertainment for some people, <laughs> And it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, so we have the Habsburg monarchy versus the frontiersmen where we have no idea who these frontiersmen are, right? We have no, uh, further notation on who the Spanish peasants were, Swedish peasants, sorry. But they sure did. There's, there sure were a lot of unhappy peasants right in the middle of all this war. I wonder why, I wonder why they were unhappy, right? So uh, as you, you can see, these wars are just endless on and on and on. But, you know, after looking and seeing how just false and fake the news is coming out of the eastern side of the world when it comes to war and things today, how do we know that any of this is exactly what they're telling us it is? I don't think we do. Um, but, you know, occasionally we have rebels, right? The Ottoman Empire and Bulgarian rebels, Catalan rebels, right? So people stood up for themselves 
but they got just wiped out by this thing. The Macedonian rebels wiped out. Okay, and this is all happening right around the time where we see the Revolutionary Wars. This rebellion that we see happening here, these revolts, the child's war, Uh, it was the Mughal Empire versus the East India Company, right? So you see what's happening here is this corporations, these companies are taking everything over in, in their own name and, and with the help of good old black and yellow, right? Good old red, white, and blue, right? And, you know, I think that there is some mix up here in, in who exactly was on whose side when it comes to some of this. Um, because there's some evidence that suggests that the Ottoman Empire was actually heavily invested by the Habsburg monarchy and, and friends. So. Oh, so it's interesting stuff, right? All these rebellions. The Nine Years' War. I mean, this is this is all one big, huge war, guys. All of this. Or, all right, listen, at a minimum, a series of dominoes falling, creating more falling dominoes, right? Like, look at this. On and on and on. And it goes region by region, right? And, and the thing that's interesting is, is over here, when you're looking at all of this, you're, you're not seeing... What's happening? Uh, here we go. Until 1600, we, we start to see the United States versus the Navajo, right? Okay. And, and keep in mind, it took Spain, Mexico, the United States. So these are all, in my opinion, uh, groups or, or leaders assigned by like Rome, by the, the, the ruling, you know, corporate entity underneath everything that has always been there. And, and I think, you know, it will be. <laughs> so uh, it took all of these principalities to push these native people who'd been there for, you know, who only knows how long. You see the size of the herds of the of the buffalo. Uh, and these people could have been living on this, these plains indefinitely with, with no problems. Um, no problems at all. Until, you know, all these folks came along. So... So see these rebellions, guys, all around. There is a hornet's nest of being a poked in the in the last uh, full on thousand years. It has kind of it appears been a nonstop rebellion and usurpment and and onward and and over and over again. <laughs> so. But uh, all right. So then uh, getting into the 1600s and, and you know. The Sardom of Russia is like stomping on the peasants, right? The uh, the Commonwealth over here with their little, not two-headed eagle, but two separate ones, uh, you know, stomping on the Polish nobility, right? So, so there's, you know, power struggle. And then we have things like this, guys, and I wonder about these particular types of, of wars and things, okay? Um, 
like as if these might not have just been bloodletting battles because because these people were family guys all these people are family all these people are in touch with each other all these people are profiting off of each other's uh, manufacturing and so on so they're they're just creating means to use everything that they've been collecting up and and you know because under underneath all of this guys we have the bank bank of england you know we have the bank that's funding the Holy Roman Empire, which is essentially, you can call it the Habsburg family. They're, these are like banking families. These are like flat merchant flags, merchant family flags. You can look at them like that. These commonwealths, these are these are trade, trade agreement areas fighting with each other for the rights to more, 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 more. So... And then, we, you know, we get back up into 1615 and the Holy Roman Empire has got to put them peasants down, right? Because the peasants start seeing everybody else is fighting with, with everybody. And they're like, no, we want in on this. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I mean, like, look up here. We had, we had Spain supporting Wolfgang William. See, they're just playing war games up here. This is what's going on. War games, name changes. We have the pro look at this. We have the Protestant Protestant states and allies. Look at this. So for two years, Bohemia was like, okay, listen, we're gonna be Protestant. And then after 1620, they're like, well, wait a minute. No, 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 we're Roman Catholic now. So somewhere along the lines, people are being bought out, switching sides, playing one side against the other against the other in this 30 years war. And meanwhile, during the Thirty Years' War, we have the King Con King Conquest, right? So this is a worldwide changeover that is happening at this time. This is the evidence right here. How would any of this make sense if it wasn't an epic power switch? Because like the further and further back you go, it, it's like there's only in the beginning up here, there's only a few, well, not maybe not up here, but in like the year thousand, there's only a few big players. So, I mean, on like on a really organic level, yes, they could be, you know, procreating, extending their families, family disagreement within family disagreement leads all the way down here. But, you know, I've got to wonder all of these disagreements and these aren't just inner family scuffles right like these are more than likely like uh uh motivated by like mor morals and things like that right so some other kind of egregore thought form behind everything uh you can call it good and evil you can call it right and wrong you can call it left and right right And, you know, the Holy Roman Empire with its two-headed eagle is definitely playing both sides. Definitely. 100% playing both sides. Hundred percent. So then we get up, you know, a little bit closer uh, to where, you know, things start to develop. We start to get... Uh, 
you know, government agencies, right, being built separate from the monarchies and things, right? Parliamentarians, right? Crimean taters. So we had rioters at 1648. What was this uprising? Why were they pissed? Right? The salt riot? Okay, yeah. Supposedly, what, they ran out of salt, right? Or, or sorry, the price of salt jumped up. This is out of out of control, guys. This This price of salt is too high. Rebellion. I don't think so. I don't think so. This is happening because there is a change in times and these people do not want it the mob does not want it the mob has been at war for a freaking 600 years already being put into these other king's wars they're sick of it by this point sick of it just sick of it now something i wanted to also show that the kind of lends to this idea of like a power switch is when looking into this uh, this industrial exposition in France, uh, I go down here and I'm reading through the background, right? How the exhibitions began, 1798, uh, start after the French Revolution. Um, um, they, they trace their origins in several cities in Europe in the Middle Ages, uh, okay, starting with 1790 92 93 so the starting with these festivals now i'm of the mind that these festivals festival of the federation this is when they felt they had won the they right the they as we think of them now i guess this is when they felt they had won and, and i'll point out some more reasons as to why i think that's the case here in just a second the celebrations of the new republic helped unite the people, right? They're trying to show the people the good out of that they've gotten out of all this hundreds of years of war, right? So this is going to be any inventions taken over by the cause, right? They've been scooped up and set on for the last 500 years or developed in secret. They've got a lot of things going on. This military industrial power was a major thing even back in these days. Okay, so something I'm going to point out, and this is where it gets kind of strange, all right, because I've never seen this, never seen this time period referred to this way before. Now, the first ex exhibition, of course, would have been the Champ de Mar. Uh, of course, it's about Mars with our maritime law going into place at this time. You know, I think that however you want to look at it, guys, whether, whether, uh, Flat earthers are right, and and uh, these Martians are are just uh, underground lizard people, <laughs> or uh, whether the Martians actually did come from a, a planet uh, out there, a spinning space ball uh, in, in space, and and uh, flex their power muscles for the last six hundred years, leading to this victory that they felt that they could then roll out this festival of supreme being and even indeed the festival of the foundation of the republic so it sounds to me as though this is when rome got its feet back under itself shadow rome rome right got its feet back under itself 
finally back again in the in the late 1700s after uh it seems uh up to 700 years of war now you know uh we're told what has happened between the year zero and the year 1000 i don't know that any of that's legit um you know it seems that there was there was definitely some period of peace and and uh something peace creativity etc possibly free energy uh if not free energy then definitely not there was a period of time where people weren't being poisoned into ignorance people weren't being you know poisoned with their food water everything else there was a period when when things were as most people feel they should be where we were living in in tune with nature uh so perhaps you know the way that we're told Rome got its own feet back under itself about the year like 600. I don't, maybe that didn't happen. Uh, who knows? It's interesting. But anyway, I was getting, getting a little sidetracked by a thought there. So let's, let's look at this here. Okay. The directory approved and on nine fruit, the door year six, year six. So the year six they're saying is 1798. So that would mean the year one by this year one would be 1792. I wonder what happened in 1792. We're going to find out because I'm just curious. Why, why would they call it? Why would they call it year six? Let's check out uh, historical events on this day in 1792. Okay. Russia and Turkey signed Peace of Jassy. Oh, okay. Austria and Prussia signed Anti-French Covenant. So, you know, it, it does also seem to me that the French were the rebellion at a certain point and they've been rebranded. There's been a lot of rebranding done so that we won't really know who was upset with what and why and who was fighting for whose rights or whatever. But to see that Austria and Prussia are signing an anti-French covenant and we've seen who the Austrians are, right? Didn't we? We saw who the Austrians are. So, and, and, you know, it's, it's interesting. We've got the U S on the U S side, the postal service created. Okay. That's a big power grab right there by the U S federal government, right? U S trade federation government, Congress, presidential succession act. Oranges were introduced to Hawaii. I'll be that's something. How about that? King Gustav was killed on March 16th. Well, I don't know. I don't know, guys. On April 5th, he cast the first presidential veto. Nice. Amidst the French Revolution, France declares war on. So here's the thing, like this whole French Revolution thing. I think that this went back and forth between from like the the plebes 
and and the wealthy and back and forth or something to that effect or the people uh, and the trade federation brazilian revolutionary was hung okay so i mean this dude obviously this dude looks hella old world right just saying and then we have the the a little bit of a new version of math and astronomy popping out right this time interesting U.S. establishes the military draft in 1792. That's interesting. Hmm. Did it really? 15,000. I, I really wonder sometimes about these natural events. Mount Yuzen. Yunzen on Japan's Shim Shimabara Peninsula erupts, creating a tsunami killing 15,000. Incredible. Uh, on June 13th, King Louis the 16th dismisses the French government. He said, get out of my house, guys. So there's a lot. See, there's a lot of lot of things happening. A lot of stuff put up in the air and just... Uh, Changes, changing hands, lots of things changing hands. Uh, a large-scale insurrection against the French monarchy occurs in Paris, in Paris. Now, you know, here's the interesting thing about when you see a big insurrection happening. I'd imagine, guys, that when we're looking at insurrections of a large scale, we have some agent provocateurs in place and people kind of directing and leading this to either minimize the damage or keep it contained within a certain aspect or a certain direction. Okay. Um, you got to remember that the folks in charge call it shadow Rome, call it, uh, you know, the man, whatever you want to call it, these folks or this entity understands human nature and uh, is keen on directing it so that it flows a certain way. Okay. So, Revolutionaries imprisoned French royals, including Marie Antoinette. And on 9-11, the French blue gem, later the Hope Diamond, is stolen with other French crown jewels in Paris during the Reign of Terror. And then on September 12th, of course, with the, the nice little skull and bones. Mutiny on the Bounty. Court Martial begins for in, in instigators of the Mutiny on the Bounty. Uh, wow, interesting. But did it, any of it really happen? I don't know. What's up with that guy's face, dude? George Danton. Danton. formal abolition of the French monarchy on September 21st. Changing hands. October 12th, the first celebration of Columbus Day in the U.S. held in New York. Of course it would be. So 1792, guys. 1792 would have been the year one based on this description. 
And I really wonder about this. What is going on with that? So uh, let's take a look further down. And, and they continue to call these years. And, and see, and this is the French calendar. So what is going on in France that it would be called the year one? And Columbus Day is started that same year? Wait a minute, you know? We do have a power transition in French. In French, day one of the short-loved French Republican calendar. There it is, September twenty-second. Declared in seventeen ninety-three, abandoned in eighteen o six. Day one of the short-loved French Republican calendar. So maybe maybe the uh, the people or the public actually did for a short period of time uh, have their own thing going there in France. And uh, it seems that this uh, Napoleon character that comes in uh, after and takes over it leads them to their doom in Russia. <laughs> so, you know, it's just interesting stuff. But... Um, and we got the Farmer's Almanac, the first Farmer's Almanac. Okay. The first cremation in the U.S. So we have a lot of firsts happening in this year. Okay. All right, of course. Why Why not on December 12th, uh, you know, wouldn't Ludwig van Beethoven receive his first lesson in music composition? Of course he would, wouldn't he? Uh, some fishy stuff with history, guys. That's all I'm saying. Fishy stuff. Weird. I'm I'm gonna have to look more into that uh, that French short loved calendar. And we'll just do it right now since I'm already down in the rabbit hole with y'all. We might as well take a look. And it's going to be buried. You know, the French Republic calendar. They had their own revolutionary calendar, okay? They, they were doing things. They were going places. That's something. A day in French. So the French calendar, the French Republican revolutionary calendar is what we're looking at. I wonder what the French Revolution is actually covering up on another level, you know, um, so much going on during all of these times behind the scenes. So much, so much. And and we'll have to get into uh the restoration of France after this point, uh, you know, in another episode. Um, yeah. So anyway, that went a little long, but I, I just was uh, really hoping to kind of point a few things out, bring you guys with me on a look through of some of this stuff. Um, you know, I, I never know what uh, insight some folks might have um, on some of these things. I'm just wading through it much like all of you are in uh, in a hopes to have a better picture of what has happened 
you know, in the past and why, um, you know, in an, in an effort to project uh, into our future, some lessons uh, that maybe we won't have to learn and make ourselves right. So anyway, I much loved everybody out there that got a lot longer than I had anticipated. So I'll be back with some short stuff here probably soon. Uh, much loved everybody. Hope the information finds you well and feel free and like subscribe, do all that fun stuff. And furthermore, comment uh, if you, there's anything that you'd like to see dug into uh, or anything just strange to you in your local area, please go ahead and uh, send me an email at randomfracts at gmail.com or you can just uh, throw that comment right into the YouTube, youtube.com slash at random fracts, Instagram at random fracts. Thanks everybody.